This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon. Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live, our patron mailbag episode number 47. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And yes, this is the episode where we answer your questions. And by your, I mean our patrons, our lovely, wonderful patrons who support this show and help keep us running. And if you are not a patron, you want to become a patron in order to ask a question on this show. It's very easy. You head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and you just sign up for one of our lovely tiers and you get all kinds of fun stuff, including the ability to ask questions of us on this here very show. Uh, this is the show where, again, we're busted wide open. We talk about wrestling, but this is an AMA kind of show. You can ask anything that you want on this show and it's kind of an open format and it's a lot of fun and it's always interesting to hear what you guys have to ask and it always makes my brain do backflips because, <laughs> man, get some questions. Y'all, y'all come y'all. with the thunder. <laughs> Dang, but it's it's a lot of fun and uh, I look forward to it every week. So thank you to everyone who asks questions, who has asked questions and everyone who's going to go to the Patreon right now and sign up to ask questions next week. Yes. Thank you guys very much and welcome to the show. And Nick, I understand that we have some some questions today to answer. We do have some questions, guys. Head over to BWOPodcast.com. Sign up for all the social medias, Instagram and Twitter at BWOPodcast, YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're following us here on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Busted Wide Open. And, uh, of course, Patreon.com slash BWO, where you can get signed up to ask your questions every single week, plus an entire back catalog of bonus episodes and content for you to, to enjoy and put in your ear holes. Uh, all kinds of good stuff over there as well. I might have teased uh, at the end of our previous show that I had uh, we were doing something a little bit differently today that I had not told Sir Ian Dangerous about yet. Yeah, and I've being, been being a little bit curious. sneaky and wily uh, in my ways over here. So the other side of this is it's always fun to see who actually reads the post. <laughs> So the post actually read, and I'm going to read it verbatim here, it's Uh hard to believe we're five weeks away from the anniversary of launching the dedicated mailbag show. Thank you for all of the amazing questions every week. Let's try something fun this week. No recasting movies or video games with wrestlers, etc. How about a completely non-wrestling, get-to-know-Nick-and-Sir-Ian AMA show? What have you always wondered or wanted to know about us? Fire away. Oh, man. Our poor fans. Now Our poor what, listeners. Now what, what are you doing? What's interesting is the number of wrestling questions we still got. <laughs> Good. I'm glad there's still some. It's a wrestling. I just got finished saying it's a wrestling show. 
Oh, man. All right, so it's going to be an interesting one today, then. And, and, I mean, the first one's going to mm-hmm. set the bar pretty high. It's it, Most of them <laughs> oh, are pretty no. innocuous, but... Uh, what have you done, This Nick? one, uh, this one came... This? Uh, Edward Kirkland came out of the gate swinging. Uh, with, are either of you still in touch with the person to whom you lost your virginity? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. That one's easy. That one's done. yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been decades. So no. <laughs> no idea. God, I'm trying to even think. Of... Yeah, yeah. Decades. <laughs> like I don't even know. I don't even know what his name was. It's okay. been so long. All right. Fine. What? Yeah. What? Oh. Never mind. <clears throat> Thank you, Edward. Uh, next up, Adon Ortega asks, "Hey guys, hope you are doing well. My question for you guys is, what is your educational background? Did you guys go to college, and if so, how did it pan out? Did you have certain career plans?" Or did you just wing it as I have? You want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Oh, you go first. Uh, what is my education? So I I took a lot of AP stuff in high school with hopes and dreams of being a scientist. Hmm. Uh, I wanted to get into aeronautical type of stuff. Engineering. Uh, and, and, and pilot. I wanted to be a pilot. Uh, and potentially in the military. So I went. I ended up going to a uh, a military academy, the United States Merchant Marine Academy. And that didn't pan out so well because you actually have to study and do real work. It's not just a. It's not just all extracurricular stuff and all like turning wrenches and things like that. You actually have to do like math and science and stuff. And I was really good at that. But what I really wasn't good at was the chemistry, and uh, and all of those kinds of things. Uh, so no, ended up leaving there at the end of my sophomore year. I had certain career plans, and no, they didn't pan out. And I accidentally, I had a guy, the story of my tech career begins with me needing beer money and agreeing to be a laborer for a guy that was running Ethernet cables through an, uh, in a, like an office building. And it was like, yeah, for like 10 bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah, I need some money. And I started asking questions, and 20 years later, here I am, a big tech guy. So that's me. Hmm. Certainly nothing has worked out as intended at all. <laughs> In no way, shape, or form. No? No. 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 What you're about not, you, Siri uh, Well, um, I can't say that I had any like official plans. You know, I always wanted to come to Los Angeles and, and try my hand at something creative down here. But uh, I went to college in Oregon and um, went to the Monica Lewinsky School, Lewis and Clark. And uh, the, the school that she actually got the uh, um, internship with the White House from. But, uh, yeah, that, that school was not really interested in its students. It's more interested in money. And I, I, I did not have fun at that school and um, actually got into it with some of the, the um, faculty there. So not, not good memories of that college, but uh, certainly, you know, a fun time of my life. That's a good story, I bet. Oh, yeah. I'll have to find the newspaper clippings about it, actually. Nice. Um, <laughs> I've never heard this story. <laughs> it's it, not many people have. It's 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 definitely something. <laughs> um, and it had to do with with the way that I was running the television and, and film department there. But um, but I did graduate there with uh, a degree in theater and, and a commendation for acting. I was nice. in a play every single semester I was there. Um, so that's why they did that. But uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, that was that, that's my educational background right there. So you're a theater kid. I was a theater kid. 
Nice. I was a theater kid, if you couldn't tell. Right. <clears throat> yeah. The way you project yourself. And, you yeah. Know. Well, that's that's from trying to hit the back seats with Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard you've heard my uh, my go home at the end of the night, Nick. I have. I have you know indeed. I have so, indeed. Uh, so yeah, did things work out the way I planned? If I had planned it, then I would say no. But I didn't really plan anything. It was just kind of like ah, something will work out, and here I am. So I feel like something's worked out. I've had a lot of things. I've had a lot of things work out, but obviously I'm not living in a mansion in the hills, so they didn't really work out. Right. But I don't feel like I've failed at anything. So, you know. Yeah. No, it's, there you it's, go. it's interesting how a lot of people end up just winging it, taking a chance on something, and then that ends up parlaying itself into a career. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one thing One thing that I have said before, and it's kind of my mantra, is in some ways, you know, I look at people that are very successful. I look at prof- professional wrestlers in particular, right? Let's look at someone like Johnny Gargano. Let's look at somebody like uh, uh, Finn Balor. People who, from the time they were children, young, like young, knew exactly what they were. They were like, I love wrestling. I eat, breathe, sleep. That's all I want to do with my life. All I want to do with my life. It's all I think about. It's the only thing I ever want to watch on TV. It's all I want to do. And I'm not going to lie. In some ways, I'm very jealous of people who have that tunnel vision. Because all they have to do is concentrate on that one thing. And put all of their energy into that one thing. And then, you know, if they don't make it, they've they've got no excuses. Right. They, they, they try, they literally tried with all of themselves for it. I've got like a hundred different interests. Yeah. <laughs> I love so many different things. Um, and I, it would be so easy for me to, to, you know, try all to, of them I, and accomplish. Nothing, yeah. Right. There's, there's weeks where, you know, we, we watch a lot of wrestling for this show and I love, I love wrestling. So it's, it's easy for me to do, but I've got so many other things that I'm interested in that sometimes I don't want to watch wrestling. Right. You know, and I think I think about man, how much better could I be? How much more uh, into this could I be if I was like someone like a Balor or Gargano, and all I wanted to do twenty four seven was watch wrestling. That's all I want. I don't want to. I don't want to watch horror movies. I don't want to watch anime. I don't want to watch anything else that I'm interested in. You know, but I all I want to do is watch wrestling. So there's a, there's an element of damn. I wish I had specialized more. <laughs> <laughs> but there, I definitely had I, I wanted to be a bit professional baseball player and I wanted to fly fighter jets and I chased both of those and neither of them worked out so there's another element of that too where you do chase them you do put the effort and the work in and you do go after that stuff and you don't get them and then it's kind of a okay now what yeah so that was that was more of a short version of my story there but that that's kind yeah. of how things worked out and things don't always work out you can't always get what you want right, right. So thank you very much, Adon. Uh, next up, Josh asks, Hello, gentlemen. My question for this f- different fun show this week is for Ian. I've Uh-oh. heard you mention being in a band, and I know you're both metal fans. What's your band called? What's it like musically? <laughs> <laughs> okay, screw you, man. <laughs> and what would you say are... No, I love... Uh, so I, I love... I love rabbits. Don't, don't, go, don't, right, don't get right, it twisted. Right. And what would you but what would you say are your biggest influences musically? I was so laughing is, uh, because yeah, I'm imagining uh, you describing to someone 
what House of Rabbits is, knowing what I've seen of it and heard of. It, and and House of Rabbits is the name of my primary band. I was also in a band called Milky Way, right. but uh, it's it's on hiatus right now. It's the lead singer had some kids, so <laughs> it might come back at some point. But with I'm not holding my breath. Uh, but House of Rabbits was um, uh, the band that I was involved with in with the longest. It's also kind of an awkward place right now because of everything that's going on right now with the pandemic. My, actually, my the singer of that band. Uh, had to move back to New York because he got kicked out of his apartment in in LA. So that's all up in the air. Our drummer just quit. So it's because he can't he can't be on the sidelines anymore. So it's that's all a mess right now. We'll see what happens with that. We've also got an album that's nearly completely recorded that's in the tank that we're just waiting to get mixed, and that's also on my lead singer. But that's a that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, as far as and I, I want that album to come out because it's really freaking good and not like our last one, which is was mixed not very well but it's got some good songs anyway it's called house of rabbits and as nick says it's nearly impossible to describe this freaking band it's been the it's been the biggest pain in the ass the entire time i've been in it is trying to describe it um <laughs> because it's it's kind of all over the map uh and the best way i can describe it is theatrical hard rock it's very it's a little vaudevillian it's a little bit uh uh oompa oompa but it's also got elements of queens of the stone age nick cave um queen <laughs> sure i see that so you know what i mean so it's it's kind of all over the map um very lyrical very theatrical it was initially a band called uh feast of fetus which is all one word uh which i know the reason we changed is because oh. of the face you're making right, right. now nick um uh, because you know we, we we in our minds we had a different meaning for what that was than what people heard. If you were doing a um, Scandinavian black metal band called Fetus Feast, I'd, that would be which crazy. exists. There's a band called Fetus Feast. Oh, there's a band called Fetus Feast, and and oh so one of the reasons we changed to House of Rabbits was we just realized that it, that the name was not really reflecting our sound. But <laughs> yeah. there is an album that you can find on Spotify from Feast of Fetus, and there's one from House of Rabbits. Um, on I, on both, I apologize for the mixing already, but. Um, the songs are really cool, so there you go. Eh. It's it's very very weird stuff. We've done stage plays around it. We've had we had one uh, production. What's the NPR where, thing you guys do every the little desk thing that you do? Yeah, we were we're on YouTube doing little desk videos, trying to get on there. Uh, where it's just us playing acoustically in a space. Um, and actually, for the last album, not the one that we're currently working on, but the last album, we actually did a whole stage show uh, with um, dancers, and we had we had. Um, what's it called ribbon work where people like do acrobatics on ribbons yeah. and masquerade. And it was just crazy insane show that's that told the story of the album because the album is a story and it's also a, po- a polemic on, um, modern social media and the invasiveness of modern life. So it's, it's, it's very ridiculously heady stuff and it's a, it's fun, but also very, very out there. Nick has seen us. He can tell you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty out there stuff, but also like live, we used to get really, really hard, and we would we played with metal bands before, and we can, you know, we can do that. We headlined a show in Portland, Oregon, with a bunch of metal bands playing flying V guitars and giant five foot stacks, and we're coming up there with a freaking accordion and like a, a acoustic guitar running through two different amps and looking like a bunch of idiots, but it worked, and we got over with it. So whatever, there you go. Esme says it seems out there. It's very out there. <laughs> it's very out there very out there wonderfully so yeah uh and i i thoroughly enjoy how um different it is i, th- I think it's i hope you take that as a compliment I, th- I, I do i i i it's it's new it's something i had never seen before 
I felt the influences, but I had never seen the interpret that kind of presentation of it before. The video that you did last year, I believe, was it last year? Yeah, there's a, we have a couple music videos. Fantastic out there. stuff, man. Thanks. Really good. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Josh. Next up, Jacob asks, "What is your go-to favorite meal to make?" Nick, go for it. Surf and, <laughs> surf and turf, probably. Surf and turf. I um. Do you actually I'll, I will barbecue butter, it or? Uh, so it's a mix. So I have a very, there's a process to making a, a proper fillet for me. So there's uh, first of all, you have to butter poach the shrimp. You don't grill the shrimp. You don't oh do God. anything. We've you, turned into a chef show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Busted Wide Open. We'll tell you how, <laughs> all about food. Go. We're not, we're hungry enough in the chat. Everyone's talking about food in the chat already. Hey, Go I, ahead. I am too. Uh, butter poach the shrimp, and then you you sear the fillet, wrap it in foil, let it um, uh, reverse a little bit, and then finish it off in a in a pan based butter basting it. Yep, that's my <laughs> that's my go to is is. I'm getting yelled shrimp. at in the chat for interrupting yeah. you yeah. while you're talking about food. <laughs> Oh, I'm not a good chef. I, I, I am, I'm trying to get better. Um, that's one of the things that I've tried to do during this whole pandemic is get better at cooking things, but I'm still like on the pasta level of things. I make a really sick pasta with pesto and, and, and spiralized zucchini, but like, you know, you try to get me to actually make a real meal and I'm going to screw it up. One of the things I had to learn when I moved to LA was how to make pulled pork without a smoker. And this was in like 2006. So Fun, fun add-on here. I, I know how you make it. You buy it at the damn store. No, well, <laughs> you can. Well, you can buy. You, I do it in a crock pot, and a lot of people will look at me and turn their nose up and be crazy. But no, you can do it this way. So you just get a Boston butt, five or six pounds, put it in the crock pot, fill it up with water, salt, and pepper, cook it on low for twelve hours. Voila, magical pulled pork. So you admit you eat butt. I eat butt. All right, pig butt. Boston, right. Boston butt. Mm. Thank you very much, Jacob. Next up, the mop man himself, Mr. Sean Clark. Says, Hope everyone out there is doing well, or at least, very least, hanging in there. Life's tough. You are tougher. Remember that and hold on. Guys, that's if you why he's if the there mop is man. any doubt why Sean Clark is the mop man, he's the mop man. That's why, right there. Mm. Two parter. Mm. What do you think is the. I feel like we've answered this one already. What do you think is the biggest obstacle you've overcome? says it's his favorite get-to-know-you question that gets into your psyche is what is your biggest fear? Okay, so biggest obstacle, biggest fear. My goodness. Uh, biggest obstacle that I overcame versus biggest fear. I don't think I've overcome my biggest obstacle yet. Um, I think my biggest obstacle is that I don't like change. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to, to mess up my status quo. Um, so I think that actually kind of goes hands in hand, hand in hand with my biggest fears. I don't, I don't fear of, so I, what is it, fear of the unknown, fear of trying something new, for fear that I'll mess up something I already have. If that makes sense. Yeah. Get, get and the irony people. is that's one of my favorite things. I love, I love failing. I look because I learn something new every time. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, day, man. Biggest doll, biggest obstacle I've overcome. I, I wasn't. I was convinced I wouldn't live to forty. Oh, I, did, I, I didn't. Think, I didn't think I'd live past thirty. I've done some stupid shit. <laughs> I've made some terrible decisions in my life. You and me both. 
I actually had 33 is my expiration date. That's what I thought. The fact that I'm, uh, you know, admitting stuff that I'm in my 40s uh, and successful in a career and mm. have multiple side hustles, like I, I wake up every morning and pinch myself, thankful yep. that uh, I'm I'm able to do all of that stuff. And then 2020 happens, and you know, for for a lot of people, it has deeply affected their ability to live comfortably. It has deeply affected their ability to have a roof over their head to eat. And in a way, it's enabled um, certain folks to thrive. Uh, I've found that I've been enabled by being at home all the time to do more with BWO, to build Data Center Dude as a brand. To, so all of this has nothing to do with the question, but it's just more about I've overcome. I don't like to focus on negative stuff. I like to look at, uh, you know, look opportunity in the face. And I saw the opportunity to really focus on the show, get us live, get us diversified, spend time with new graphics and update all of that stuff. And, you know, all, all of life is obstacles. Yep. As, as Karrion Cross said this week, actually, my path is all obstacles. Yeah. Or the path that's is a, the obstacle. The, path the obstacle is, is the obstacle path. Is the path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, that's a fantastic mentality. Brilliant. You know. Yeah. Biggest fear, uh, simply, is spiders. I, I, oh, you would have died the other night when you saw the monsters in my house. I leave them on the wall. If I squish them on the wall, I leave them on the wall as a warning to the other spiders. <laughs> so I've got like a couple of squished spiders on the wall as just like you know, I'm I'm big on hanging the corpses of your enemies around your castle, right, to warn off right other enemies. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I don't do sp- snakes. I'll pick up a snake in a heartbeat. I was introduced to snakes very early as a kid and in the woods, and it just never bothered me. As but, someone who used to work with snakes, I'll tell you, it really sucks to get bit by one. Yeah, it does. It really sucks. I'd rather get bit by a spider. God, I just got chills up my spine just thinking about that. <laughs> and that's the, that's the response, right? Um, but, it, I mean, in life, biggest fear um, is not being able to be uh, – to provide – not being able to provide for myself. Mm-hmm. Is probably oh, yeah. so philosophically. I guess it would. It, it's not being able to, not being able to do that stuff. Yeah. So that's really mm. where that one comes down. Mm. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for always being the mop man too. Appreciate it. Uh, next up, Robert asks. There's a lot of talk of who should be on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, but my question is, who would win in a fatal four way? Between the presidents on Mount Rushmore, Abraham Lincoln, Theodore Roosevelt, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, or George Washington. So, oh, man, we're getting into history now. Let's see. Ah, ah, another area I love. George Washington, I think, would be a tough Well, First of all, I'm going to eliminate Teddy, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was a nerd. Loved words. Not a big fighter. He'd get his ass whipped by the other three guys. Yep. Hands down. Any one of them. It's not going to. Jefferson's out. Washington is an interesting one because Washington was a soldier and probably a pretty badass dude. But there's really no records of how he was at hand-to-hand combat. Right. Conversely... Strategy, he was brilliant. Strategy, brilliant. On the field as an officer, great. But hand-to-hand combat, he was in battle. But as an officer, which at the time was very privileged. So, no, I'm going to put him third. And it's going to come down to Abe Lincoln or Teddy Roosevelt. And here's the thing. The two of them in their primes having a, a, a hand-to-hand match would have been fascinating because you've got Abe Lincoln, 6'5", ex-pro wrestler, and I'm not kidding. 
he was a wrestler. Abe Lincoln wrestled a bear. He was known as being a championship wrestler. He was apparently never beaten. The dude was a really good wrestler. Conversely, Teddy Roosevelt, not tall at all, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, built like a barrel. He had a huge chest. And the reason for that is when he was a kid, he had asthma. And he was such a beast that he actually uh, essentially willed himself to not have asthma. He did breathing exercises. He did strenuous physical activity in order to just say, F you, asthma. I don't have you. And eventually he grew up and out, outgrew it in combination with always working out. So he was, he was a little fire plug, but he was a beefcake. He's also relentlessly masculine. Yep. So the dude, the dude did everything that he could that was as he intentionally put himself in situations that would test himself, whether it was going out and being a cowboy in the Dakotas, whether it was going into the Spanish American civil, Spanish American war down in Cuba and being the dude who was riding up and down without orders from his superiors, took the rough riders up and down this hill was running, riding back and forth through bullets just to make sure they could take this hill. And he did came back a war hero from that. He was shot in the chest, shot in the chest, Half an hour before having to give a, or so give before having to give a speech, and the, the the bullet went through the book that he was that was uh his, that he had a speech written in and embedded itself in his chest because his chest muscles were so thick from all that working out he had a bullet lodged in his chest and because it wasn't he didn't have time to go get it taken out it was an assassin trying to kill him he went and gave the speech for an hour. He talked for an hour with a bullet in his chest, reading through the blood on the book that he that he had written his speech in, and then he allowed that allowed them to take him take him to the hospital and pull the bullet out. So between Abe Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt, man, it's a toss up. It really comes down to if we're talking about Abe Lincoln vampire hunter or are we talking about Abe Lincoln? Man, Teddy Roosevelt would have staked the crap out of him. <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I'm gonna take Teddy. I'm As you might Ted, be able to tell, Teddy, Teddy easily too. Teddy's my boy. Yeah, Teddy's my dude. Like I, I know he's there's, there's a lot. He's a flawed human being in a lot of ways. Everybody is. But well, he he had some real big flaws. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be trapped in a room with him because he was apparently just you couldn't get him to shut up. Yeah. But uh, in terms of sheer badassery, I I think he'd break one of Abe Lincoln's legs. I think Lincoln could probably take him down, wrap him up, and submit him. But I think Teddy would just bite him or something. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I, it's, it's very easy for me to say Theodore Roosevelt. There you go. Yep. Thank you very much, Robert. Uh, next up, Brandon said, uh, Hey, fellas, as I'm a true blue Aussie, have either of you been to Australia? And if so, what for? And if you haven't, what would what would be your bucket list for visiting Australia? Thank Australia. you for everything you guys do, and thank yeah. you for keeping us all informed. I have not. It's always been on that sort of distant looking for an opportunity to go to a tech trade show or something in Sydney or Melbourne opportunity and making a vacation out of it, making a, a, a trip out of it. But I just, that opportunity hasn't presented itself yet. And there's been no, I've really had other than personal interest and curiosity. I, I couldn't go without also going to New Zealand. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. So I would want to make a big trip out of it, which yep. could potentially be tens of thousands of just, dollars by the time it's you do airfare. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So no, I, I haven't made it yet, Brandon. Uh, have you in? I have. Uh, I've been to Australia a couple times. I've been to New Zealand more than that, quite a bit more than that. But um, I've got family in both countries. Um, I've actually, it, it's a crazy story, but, and, and 
sometime maybe on the show I'll 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 talk about this more. But the my dad's side of my family is absolutely insane because his mother was a nut, had kids all over the world, and then told everyone that that her husbands were dead and the kids were dead. So my dad actually found out that he had a brother that he had no idea about for forty years back in nineteen ninety one ninety two, and that lived in Australia and had a whole huge family. So I found Holy a whole smokes. other. Oh, that's it's it's insane. I mean, literally, we're we're trying to write a book about the whole thing. But wow, we found uh, a whole side of our family lived in Australia uh, back in the early '90s, and um, we knew that we had family in New Zealand, but we didn't know a lot about them. But then that gave us sort of access to that part of the world. So, yeah, I've been to Australia a couple of times, um, Sydney, Melbourne. I've been kicked by a kangaroo. I've I've tackled an emu. It's a lot of fun, um, and I've been to New Zealand a lot. My sister actually. She and I went to New Zealand in 2006 um, and drove up and down the entire North Island, went skydiving on the South Island, visited a few places down there as well. She fell in love with New Zealand and actually went back and became a uh, snowboard instructor there and actually ended up marrying a Kiwi. And then they moved to Perth in Australia for a couple of years, had a kid, and then moved back here. So they're here now, but I've still got, uh, I've got a brother-in-law with a nice fat Kiwi accent and a whole bunch of connections over in New Zealand. So um, love Australia, love New Zealand. Um, Australia, however, I, I honestly, I, I commend anyone who lives there. It is easily. Nick, you think you're scared of spiders? Mm. Go to Australia and talk to me about being scared of spiders. I've seen the, some there's, of those giant spiders they have, the, the funnel webs and all of those. It ain't even the size. It's the fact that they've got fangs that can pierce a leather boot and they're one of the most venomous spiders in the world. So everything in Australia wants to kill you. Even, even if you've ever seen a wet uh, koala bear, they're terrifying. Even the cute little platypus has a venomous spine in its elbow. Um, everything there. You go in the water, box jellyfish and great whites. You go in the rivers, crocodiles. You go, you know, everywhere you go. And you, it's insane, that country. But it's also awesome. So there you go. Wow. And the people from there are hella cool, too. So uh, the, the one... So one that I'll add on is I've never been to Australia, but I've been to Hong Kong and Macau. The, if you don't know Macau, it's the Vegas on an island in the South China Sea, uh, right off the, sh- the coast of, uh, of Hong Kong in Kowloon, and you have to take a fair 45-minute ferry to get out there. I've watched James Bond. Thank you. Sure. But <laughs> the, while I was in Macau... There was an Australian guy or a group of Australians that were there. They were also big rugby fans and players. And I made the mistake of thinking that I could drink beer with those guys. I learned that lesson very quickly. (laughs) They were going at least three to one, and they were drinking Foster's oil cans to my, my little beers. They were putting beer away like I've never seen anybody put beer away. And I was just... And they were fine. They were just like, yeah, whatever. Fine. fine. I'm over there just messed up. Typical typical Nick story. Yeah, Nick story. <laughs> Which I believe you're going to get to tell in a little bit, by the way. Uh-oh. Uh, thank you very much, Brandon. Uh, next up, Alex says, Sup, guys? Hope all's good. I've been loving all the anime questions lately, so I wanted to get one in. Could you guys, mainly Ian, mm. for obvious reasons, recast <laughs> either The Seven Deadly Sins or Yu Yu Hakusho? Ooh. With wrestlers. I Thanks, couldn't guys. do Yu Yu Hakusho because I haven't really watched that. Seven Deadly Sins is going to be really tough without Nick's help, though. Um, and I also, I, I've barely watched that one, unfortunately. Um, let me watch more of the Seven Deadly Sins and I'll come back to that question. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, I don't even I, know what I either of those are. I haven't. I, I dig it so far. I'm like I, I'm like a few episodes in on Seven Deadly Sins, so I haven't really determined who everyone is yet. If that makes sense, like <laughs> yeah. I haven't really figured out what their characters are. Like right. there's definitely one guy I want to cast as Brock Lesnar. Uh, and there's definitely one chick I want to cast as Alexa Bliss. But um, let me let me get in there more. Let me get in there more, and then and then yes, I will tell you this. Um, I could recast Full Metal Alchemist, but I'm not going to do that right now because no one asked for it. Right. But yeah, yes. But Alex, sorry, we'll, Alex. Alex. Sorry, we'll Alex. Put, we'll me, put that one on the shelf and come back to yeah, it. Yeah, let me come back to that. I I am not as up on those on those two as I should be. Kyle in the Apologies. chat said, uh, "When a Komodo dragon whose saliva can melt your skin and kill you is tame, that's scary." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan of Komodo dragons. They freak me out. Yeah. Komodo dragons freak me out. They don't I've look them. like they should be as fast as they are. No, they're hella fast. <laughs> and if you've never seen one of them eat, it's them eating is terrifying. They get all drooly because they're because he's right. Their saliva melts flesh, oh. and so they drool a lot when they eat. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, thank you, Alex. We'll uh, we'll come back to yours at some point. Uh, next up, Marshall says, Evening, fellas. Since we're getting to know the both of y'all and knowing you're both avid NFL fans, what is it that pulled you in for love of your respective teams? Also of your teams, who is your mm. all-time favorite player? And as always, I'm enjoying everything that's being put forth and more than excited to sign up for a year on Patreon. Yeah. That's right. Marshall was the first one to step up and take advantage of of the annual subscription. So thank you. Uh, several of you have done that at this point. Thank you guys so much for, Amen. for really showing that kind of love. That that right there is a commitment. And Seriously, that's amazing, guys. Thank, thank you, guys. Uh, so, Ian, uh, what was what what is it that pulled you in for your love of, I'm assuming it's the Raiders. Damn I, right. Yep. Uh, is that just from your background of coming from my, Oakland? My parents tried to raise me Niners, and I just, i sorry, the Niners are just kind of, the wussy outfits and the wussy team and Joe Montana's floppy hair and Steve Young's goofy expression. And the Raiders were over there breaking people's legs and black and silver. And I'm sorry. It's, it was really the, the aesthetic. costumes and all the skulls. It was the, and just... it was the aesthetic. It was the attitude. It was, you know, you've got two teams in the Bay area and you've basically got the choice. So when I first, that area over there where you get off the BART in front of the stadium is a shithole too. It's just like, you're going to war. That's where I grew up, Nick. Oh, well, how dare you? No. You're, you know I'm right then. <laughs> I, <laughs> I live five minutes from there. How dare you? Right. Um, no, but it was – this is the thing is that I remember working – like the, the first years of working bars, I worked bars in the Bay Area, and you could actually – I had a, I had a, I had a, a guy who worked at a grocery store who would come in. And it's one of my favorite stories is that he would say uh, – he would come in and he'd say what game to put on. And I'd be like – and this was before you know the internet – so I was like, oh, how do you know that game's on? He's like, I can tell by who came into my store today and what they bought. <laughs> nice. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if, I have, if I have people come in and they're buying wine and cheese and fruit, the Niners game's on today. Oh. They come in and they're buying beer and hot dogs and nachos. It's a Raiders game. And that was, that was the difference. So wow. I went for the beer and nachos team. Hell yeah. I would have too. Um, what was the other question? Um... All-time favorite player? Who's was your, that it? Who's your all-time favorite player? That's tough. Um, I was a huge Rich Gannon fan. 
I thought he was our saving quarterback, and we almost won a Super Bowl with him. But everything that went down with with uh, John Gruden going to the Bucks really just broke my heart. And he went from being an MVP in the regular season to being the worst, one of the worst quarterback ratings in, in Super Bowl history because his former quarter, his former coach who built him up from nothing, from being a journeyman to being like a Super Bowl quarterback, um, uh, he just tore him apart, and he's not been the same since. But I love Rich Gannon, um, Charles Woodson. Jerry Rice played for us for a while. Um, we only had him for a little bit, but Marshawn Lynch, I was a fan of his on the, on the Seahawks because he had an Oakland tattoo. Um, and when he came to Oakland, I was so happy, but obviously he barely, you know, he was there for a, a cup of tea and that was it. Yeah. So there's a couple of them. Marcus Allen. Love Marcus Allen. Uh, I was going to say, you got a lot to pick from on, on the Raiders. There's Jim Plunkett, Howie, Howie Long. Bo Jackson. You know, Bo, ja- Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Lots of lots of good ones. Janikowski. <laughs> yeah. I, I Jamarcus lo- Russell. No, I'm just kidding. I love that big Florida State bastard. That J- Sebastian Janikowski. Greatest kicker in the history of the NFL. Fight me. Yep. Yep. Uh, for me, it was it was interesting because in, a lot of people grow up in metropolitan areas. There's established teams and franchises and all that kind of stuff. I was the opposite. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and even outside of Charlotte. Uh, in the in the woods, basically, Charlotte was still an up and coming through my childhood and even my teenage most of my teenage years. There were no professional sports in the late '80s. We got the Charlotte Hornets. I think it was like '87, '86 or '87, and they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible the first know, ten years. Uh, but we had no Major League Baseball. We had no NFL. Most people were Atlanta Braves fans, and most people were transients so they were bringing down their new york new york and their pittsburgh steelers fandoms with them bastards there exactly so there was no there was no professional sports so a lot of people ask me what's your favorite baseball team and i'll say texas rangers and they'll be like what why i'm like well we didn't have any baseball so i gravitated towards the players that i liked which nolan ryan pudge rodriguez juan gonzalez rafael Palmero, like the the rangers right and that was so it's I've and it's just stuck with me over the last few decades. That's it's always been my my team of fandom through the good and the bad. Um, and then there's football. We finally got the Panthers in '95. I remember in '94, I was junior in high school. Yeah, and they announced that Jacksonville Jaguars and Carolina Panthers were going to be the next two expansion teams, and they were going to be drafting in in '95. We were like, <gasps> what? We're going to get a Foot, where are they going to put that stadium at? They ended up building it downtown in the middle of downtown Charlotte, and it was one of the best things that city ever did because they have exploded since. They've since moved the Charlotte Knights, uh, the AAA team, into – it's a farm team for the Cleveland Indians – moved them into downtown as well. So now you got downtown Charlotte with an NFL and a Major League Baseball team – or a AAA team. So anyway, um, it's for me, it's the Panthers. Because that was it was such a big moment, and again they sucked the first ten years until we got to a Super Bowl against the Patriots in '04, I think it was Jake Delhomme playing against the Patriots, uh, and then you know through all of the Cam Newton stuff of the last decade, uh, the ups and downs of that, getting to a Super Bowl, his terrible, all of that stuff. I've it, it, I've always been a Panthers guy. Favorite player though is a little bit different. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of defense. And I have, I don't think I've ever been more like proud to say that I'm a fan of somebody than I am of Luke Keekley. Mm. Luke Keekley 
came from a small I mean it's Boston College but it's not it's not a big school you know it's not one of those big I can't schools. believe that's someone's name right exactly Luke Keekley. hello I'm Luke Keekley. when when we drafted him at like number 2 or 3 when that year when we when we picked him everybody's like who <laughs> what where's he from what does he do and he's turned out to be maybe the greatest linebacker of all time if not the greatest the smartest and he has set a new bar for smart quarterbacks of the defense as i as i refer to linebacker uh as their their quarterback like an, like an Erlacher kind of thing brian Erlacher. um and, i mean right now you, you you can't not talk about um uh what's the end for the rams aaron aaron donald mm-hmm. um as i mean but i put i put keekley up there he was consistently in the top 20 of all nfl players by the players for the la- for i don't know how many years and that's where you know when the players are choosing who they like so yeah, Keekley is definitely my. I I look at him as he's bigger. He was bigger than the quarterback, and frankly, they're what made, kept the Panthers relevant at all when winning those uh, division championships and the Super Bowl trip. So well, all right. There's mine. Good all question, right. and Marshall Dang, with the man. Luke in chat. <laughs> <laughs> Luke won an award every year he played. Absolutely unreal. Uh, how and and then he had to retire early this year. Just too many concussions because he's that yep. much of a freaking beast. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, next up, Billy asks, Hey, fellas, we all love the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 story. Pretty magnificent, but hear me out. Some Billy booking here. Instead of Orton and Cena unifying the titles at TLC the previous year, what if CM Punk wins one title and Bryan wins the Rumble for the other? And the unification match is the main event of WrestleMania 30. To me, that just seems like a much better story and a huge moment for whoever wins. Thoughts? Am I crazy or did I actually have a solid thought? Stay phenomenal, guys. P.S. If it hasn't happened yet, it will this week for me. The hottest free agent on Facebook has decided to officially sign a one-year contract yeah. with B.W.O. Billy, thank, thank you, you Billy. so much for the annual sub, man. That is absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for those. Um, it's hard for me to go back and think about anything other than Punk Cena or Punk just running his mouth with McMahon. It, it's hard for me to go that far back in my brain without having some reviews or a cheat sheet and understanding how we could have possibly gotten to what you're describing here, Billy. And part of it, part of the other problem is that realistically punk was so burned out and yeah. so sick. And he had just one foot out the door so, already at this point. And physically like he yeah. was just in a horrible place too. Um, and also I don't know if the fans would have been as excited to see Daniel Bryan go over CM Punk. I think that would have been dividing the, underdog fan vote yep do you know what i mean having daniel bryan go against representatives like the fans were at you know the fans go back and forth with how frustrated they are with wwe um and it was at an all-time high around then they 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 were still pissed off about punk getting screwed over um and then daniel bryan getting screwed over and it got to the point where they rallied behind daniel bryan because he was right there in that situation at the time and having Daniel Bryan then metaphorically and, you know, in storyline, go over the the boss, in a sense, the, the fans kind of forcing it. The authority. Yeah, and then literally going over the regime that had been in place, including the guy that was supposed to be there in the main event winning the titles in Batista. It, that, that in and of itself 
was what made that special. It made it special because Daniel Bryan did go over the very people that we had been presented as holding him down. Hmm. If he had gone over CM Punk, I think it would have been the snake eating its own tail. Yeah. I that's think a that really it, good way to put it. You know, it, it, it would have it would have divided the fans more. And you wouldn't it would have been really cool. I'm I've I think Billy's completely right that it, it would have been very cool. Um but I don't know if it would have been a better story per se, because the one that we had was such a clean baby face against all the odds story. And that was what made it so special. It was a nuclear version of Kofi Mania. It, it just times a hundred. <laughs> That's a bit revisionist, but okay. Um, I mean, just so I got here comes this guy, sort of seemingly out of nowhere, tiny little guy, and he starts going off, and they want to shut down his whole yes movement and all of that stuff, and uh, just completely, completely blows it all away. If you guys are new to wrestling, even in the last five years, and you haven't gone back and watched. Uh, the the build from uh let's see what was that 2013 that have been thir- 14 i believe the build to wrestlemania 30 with daniel bryan the the overall daniel bryan story i posted a video i think a couple weeks ago or last week uh that kind of retold the this kind of high, highlight reel of it mm-hmm. um but it's 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 one of my favorite stories in wrestling maybe ever, yeah. maybe ever I, I uh, so so to basically to put the cap on this, Billy. I think it's a solid. I think it's a solid thought. I mm-hmm. just don't know if it would slot in there instead of Daniel Bryan having uh, overcoming the the authority at WrestleMania 30. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, thank you, yeah. Joker J. Uh, SummerSlam 2013 to WrestleMania 30. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much, Billy, and thank you again for the annual annual membership. Amen. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, next up, Jonathan asks, uh, you're in charge of creative and have the final say-so for talent in WWE, AEW, and NXT. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, which wrestler would you stop push and start push for each brand and why? Uh, let's start with NXT. Uh, who would I stop pushing? Who would I start pushing? I'd push Kyle O'Reilly to the moon. I'd stop pushing Brizango. Mm. God, that's tough, man. Because the top of the card is a little bit decimated right now. It's a little bit up in. Well, I mean, I'd say it's. I'd say it's packed. I think after next week we'll have it. Is it, it's 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 broken into pieces right now, but it's not without talent. Mm-hmm. Um. I I would start pushing Finn Balor. Okay. Uh, in a in a very big way, I would I would anoint him as the champion again. He would have another crazy reign. Uh, he would be seemingly insurmountable, and then have Walter come back and take it off him. <laughs> right. Walter's not going to come over to the U.S. for long enough to be a, a defending champ, though. That's not going to work. Uh, I, I'm 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 being excited. I know it's not okay. realistic, but <laughs> all right. Uh, what about uh, a stop push? Yeah. Who's getting more attention than they need or deserve right now? Yep. Damian Priest. Ooh. It cuts deep. It cuts deep. Yep. It cuts deep. What about uh, main roster, Raw and SmackDown, WWE? Who do you stop pushing? Who do you start pushing? Start pushing. I mean, who's... Start pushing Ricochet. Mm, yeah. I'd say Alistair Black, but sure, either one. Uh, Alistair as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, ever since they came out of the Dusty Classic as tag team champions, we've been scared because they came right up as tag team champions from NXT to the main roster, and we were just like, "Oh no, oh no!" What are they? Every they're not, time they're screw them up. Every time I see that meme of the Godfather, look how they the mouse could my boy. Mm-hmm. I think of I think of I think of uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stop push. Is it too easy to say Roman? Brock. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I you know it's funny. I I'm trying to think who I would stop pushing, and there's really no one that I'm like they're pushing so and so too hard right now. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean I I'm I'm curious what they're doing with Roman. Brock's been gone. Uh and everybody else that I think is getting a big push deserves it. Randy's getting a big push, Drew's getting a big push. Uh, great. Biggie's getting a singles career. Great. But tag champs. Oh, Jeff Hardy. Stop pushing Jeff Hardy. I'm done with him. Get yeah, out. Get yeah, out of yeah. here. Uh, that's 100% agree with him. Beat it. Yep. Scram. Yep. Get out of, get out of here. All right. AEW. AEW. Ugh. Um, I have very little complaints with their, with their pushing, with their pushes, just because most of them, I feel like they have, they have much longer-term plans. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to come in on a one-off and just say stop-start uh, individuals without, without recognizing... I've actually the, got one. I've got one. Okay. I've, I've, got, I've got one that might be controversial here. Stop pushing Moxley. I can kind of get on board with that. The problem is he's such a big draw. He's yeah. such a big name, and that's the only reason. If he wasn't ex-Dean Ambrose... Would anybody care? Would anyone care? Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, they would. I mean, he's, he's, I think we will see that fan reaction to him, but damn it, he needs the fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he needs to lose. He needs to go away for a while so that we can, I don't want to say forget about him, but forget about him. But then when he comes back, it's going to be a big surprise and everybody's going to go nuts. He needs that. Yeah. But everyone else, I feel, is is getting the, the push that they need. Oh, oh, actually, no. Stop pushing Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy should not have been pushed without a crowd. Yeah. They should hold on to that. Wait on that. Let him just be in the background being a sloth. They should have not pushed Orange Cassidy. Stop that push. You know, push, push a monster more. Push Lance Archer more. Push, push Cage more. Why, why did you bring Cage here if you were going to have him lose to Moxley and then just fart around doing nothing except for holding a fake belt? My start was going to be Brian Cage. There you I, go. I would have brought him in a lot stronger. I would have had him absolutely decimate Moxley for that title, and it sends Moxley on a redemption story. Um, you know, all kinds of good stuff you could have made out of that. But no, they they screwed the pooch on that one. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, which was yeah. oh, that was the question. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Uh, next up, yeah, Justin. Good, good question. That good was question. A, that is a really good one. That really makes yeah. you think. It does, and then we've got some good answers in the chat too that I think are totally valid as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, Justin asks, Evening Gents, since you asked for a Nick and Sir Ian Dangerous AMA show, I have a few questions. Yeah, way to go, Nick. Uh, oh, Nick, how long did it take you to grow the glorious beard we see today? Um, I committed to it after Thanksgiving 2016. Oh, my God. <laughs> how and long I, before it was this length? Like like two or three years, right? Oh, it took years. Yeah, this, what you're looking at right now is... I mean, there was a point when I moved out here in 2018, it was right here. Mm. And you're seeing this, and it takes years to get it to the point where you can have it this long where it's got some pull to it and it weighs it down. 
and you have the ability to trim the sides. You might remember there was a while there where I had like the crazy side and just short. Yeah, oh yeah, you were you yeah, you had like the champa thing going on. It was all the way out. <laughs> One of the yeah. fun little side projects I'm working on is a sort of infographic uh, timeline of pictures of the growth, but it's just it's sitting in the back burner. Uh, I want to make something like that fun. Mm. But yeah, it's uh four almost four years now. It's it's a lot of product. It's a lot of cuts. It's a lot of I I spend more time with this than I do my hair. The hair just kind of grows. It just does its own thing. This gets daily, twice daily treatment. Got to give it some love. Yep. Yep. Uh, then, Sir Ian Dangerous, what's one of your favorite drinking stories you have involving Nick? Uh, you're not allowed to use the beer pitcher story from PWG. That is one of the best ones. You see, yeah. most of the most of the drinking stories I have of Nick are at the bar when you used to come in and hang out for Metal Monday nights and yeah. uh, drink it up with the Council of Hats. Um, so most of the time, Nick was fairly well behaved, actually, at the bar. And I don't. I'm, I'm sadly, I don't have a like. I've got that drinking story. I got the one where he showed up uh, with his lovely lady Esther and started singing Kid Rock at me <laughs> from the stage, and one one eye was looking at the other eye for right. most of the night. Right. Um, but I got poured part, into an Uber later. Uh, <laughs> poured. <laughs> That's one way to describe it. Right. Um, but but you know, for the most part, Nick was Nick was pretty uh, on the up and up at the bar, largely yeah. just because he had to drive home or get an Uber home and yeah. you live all the way over the hill. Yeah. So it was a good thirty minutes to get back. Uh, yeah. back to the house sometimes. But there was always I could tell there was that point, um, and I did. I, I will admit taking some uh, bit of. Of glee, if I knew he was getting an Uber home, uh, in in having that like little kind of, you know, that machismo thing where you're like, ah, oh, come on, have one more shot with me, you know? Yeah. And um, it was always like, you know, going watching Nick go from holding it down to the ship is sinking. Yeah. In in one shot, <laughs> in one hellfire. So it was. <laughs> there was a couple of nights, and it's actually it's a look that Nick gets in his eyes. Um, it's where he goes from, from there to like the thousand yard stair look kind of, it's thing. not a thousand. No, it's about a 10 foot stair, oh, okay. but I'll be, but, but I'm five feet away. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's the bottles. You're looking somewhere behind me. Right. <laughs> it's not quite at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, most of the time it was just me and Andy sitting there with our deuce yeah. deuces, our tall boys of, of Miller light shooting the shit. Uh, but yeah, there were some, there were some, also we would be there the, till four or five in the morning doing when the hair Jack comes shot. down, when the hair comes down and he's got his head bent over and he's kind of like head banging in his seat. He looks a little bit like the little girl from the ring. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's when you know you're there yeah. as well. When I'm, when I'm letting loose and the hair comes down and you got the really good metal playing and I'm head banging. Yeah. That's, that's a good time. <laughs> that's a good sign. That's a good time. Yep. Yep. There you go. There you go, Justin. Thank you. I, wish I, I wish I had a more exciting one, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm most a, of our time drunk. Were the <laughs> I mostly just go to sleep. <laughs> uh, let's see. Martin is next up. Good day, gentlemen, and hello from sunny South London. My plan from last week to win the Pickums and be in our new place fell through, but it's okay because I'm healthy. My family are healthy, and I have a week off of work. Awesome. Glad to hear it, Martin. Uh, my question this week uh, is: You're stuck on a desert island with your partners and three wrestlers. Which wrestlers do you choose? You can't oh both have the same wrestlers, so Ian has to choose three, and Nick has to choose three as well. Well, Nick has to choose two because we all know he'll have Ric Flair. As always, thank you for all you do, <laughs> and I wish you true. peace, love, peace, and fried chicken. Man, you couldn't hold them gators down on a deserted island. 
on a deserted island with three wrestlers? Yeah. What three wrestlers, I, I you know, plus significant other, I guess, would you have on the island with you? Wait, I've got to be on, on an island with my significant other and three other jacked dudes and or and or hot women. Yeah, that's that's not a this good. This doesn't sound like a recipe for no, for a good time. That, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> Unless you're all horrible. in open relationships and and swingers, I, you know. I mean, it would be easy for me to be like, "Oh, yeah, um I'm going to be in the desert island with um uh I'll be I'll be out there with uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Anna J." Oh, sorry. That's sorry. That's that's. I don't yeah, want to. You don't take that one. From sorry, me. sorry, Nick. Sorry, but you know, I could I could do that, but um, that <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be one thing. Um, man, stuck on a deserted. See, I'm gonna okay. So I'm gonna try to pick wrestlers that aren't gonna harsh my significant other and I. So Sami Zayn. Because he seems like an upstanding dude. Uh, who he'll, who ju- he'll I, just HXC walk around the around the I island feel like, the whole time. Yeah, I feel like I got him <laughs> on the masculinity standpoint. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and he's only kind of got a better body than me, as opposed to some of these guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Sami Zayn uh, and um, mm, the librarian from uh, Leva Bates. No, the other librarian. Peter. Peter. Why am I forgetting? Peter, not Peter Diamond. God damn it. You know what I'm talking about. Scrawny little dude with a with porn stash. Uh, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Peter Avalon. Peter Avalon. Avalon. Thank you. Yeah. Peter Avalon. Um, Sammy, I'm trying to think of the most non macho wrestlers possible. <laughs> uh. Not that I'm <clears throat> intimidated by a by a stud like Cody, but he's not getting anywhere near that island with me and my significant significant other. Um, who else would fit into that? I don't know, like Kushida. Why not? That's I don't know. I'm just grasping. Rather I'm innocuous. Grasping. I'm grasping. <laughs> Hiromu Takahashi. I don't know. <laughs> He'd be too busy making like sand cats. Right. Burying Daryl and then trying to find him again because he forgot. Yes, and stuff like Although that. Although he he would get really annoying on a desert island really quickly because yeah. he's just so <laughs> wacky. So maybe not Stop him. Stop running! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let's see. Your turn. Go on. Oh god. Otis. Otis Dozovich. All right. Fair. One because he could. <laughs> He'll steal your check though. Uh, the, uh, I don't know. I feel like he's, a, he's, a, he's got good manners. That may be true. All right. Yeah. And a good Southern boy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. See now I like John Cena. I'd be worried stealing about my chick. Oh, pff, he would have, he would absolutely has done in the past. Right. Um, hmm. Yeah. I'm stumped too, man. Like who, who would I like to hang out and have a beer with? Um, definitely Otis. Um, Braun. Braun, yeah, but I mean the conversation might not be that lively. <laughs> I think it, yeah. at least Otis would have. Want to talk about guns or meat? Yeah. I did see the the shot of his Wisconsin ranch, and it looks amazing. Yeah, it does look great. Um, 
kind of the, one of those off the grid kind of places, self sustainable oh, yeah. kind of. I'm, uh, I'm of into that. Is. I love uh, that. Of course it is. Of course you are. <laughs> uh, so uh, sure, Braun, he can help me ranch on my. Yeah, he island. can. He can help you pull lumber. Right on the. On the yeah, <laughs> he'll cut down the palm tree with the chop of the. He his swings hand. the axe. Roar! <laughs> um. Who's your third? We need to. Uh, X Pac. No. No. Tony, Tony Storm. Tony. Of course, there it is. There it is. Nick's going for the Island Threesome right there. And Braun and Otis can watch. Why, why does it automatically weird have to be a threesome? Why does it have to have anything to do with sex? Why else would you? Sorry. Because she seems wise. awesome. Uh huh. You know, we, no other reason. We dated for a minute. You know? I just want to be. Cool I just want to be bros. I just want to be bros with Tony Storm. Sure you do, yeah, Nick. Yeah. Sure you do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to avoid becoming across so thirsty. Uh, let's see. Uh, was that he says that, while that pouring the, water onto his face? Right, exactly. I'm gonna take a cold shower after this. Uh, <laughs> thinking about being on the, a deserted island with Esther and Tony. Uh, where was I? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Glad you're doing well, brother. And best of luck finding the uh, finding the place. Seriously, best of uh, luck, man. Next up, Kyle says, "Unfortunately, I'm full of questions this week with so much going on." All right. One a, pre- a repeat from a previous mailbag. Who do you see involved in this year's war games after Takeover Thirty? Yeah, no, that's that's we told him we talked yeah. about after Takeover Thirty, and what's interesting is <laughs> it got really weird again yep. because Karrion Cross got injured, so now it's all up in the air again. Well, Keith's gone. Um, Keith's gone. Karrion's so, injured. Right. So that at least gives us some idea. Well, the four guys, the four guys in the uh, in in the running for the title now, I can see them all in war games. Yep. Um, Undisputed Era didn't break up, so we could see Undisputed Era again in there. Um, we could we could actually see uh, it being something else where we go left field, and it could be like Legado de Fantasma with somebody else against Swerve Scott, Drake Maverick, and Brizango. They could give them a shot at it, but I feel like it'll be the top of the card. Um, but you never know. You never know. But as far as like who... They get to work together. I mean, Champa and Gargano as heel DIY could be reforming. Um, you know, maybe the two of them and like out of the Fantasma against Brizango and part of Undisputed Era. I don't know. I'm just trying to think what's out there right now, the feuds we have and the the potentials. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm struggling right now. Everything's felt like it was going the right way, but I mean. With with Keith already called up, I wasn't expecting that till the Rumble. I mean, frankly, Carrion already de- dethroning him and now injured long yeah. term to the point that we don't even know who our NXT champion is. Undisputed Era not breaking up, uh, like yeah. uh, basically everything that you just said. But do you see like some of the mid carters in War Games at all? Like you know Bronson Reed, uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, we definitely need a Cameron Grimes. We, we need a super face team. So so bring in a Bronson Reed. Um, bring in a Damian Priest. Yeah, I could see him. I could see building out uh, a team of uh, basically the guys yeah. that just went through that ladder match tournament. Velvet Touchy Dream, you know. Oh, see what? <laughs> what? All right. What else? What else he got? Uh, he says, with the injury of Karrion Cross, how would you keep his presence on the show? Is this looming doomsday as soon as he is cleared? And how would you incorporate Scarlet into the current NXT Women's Division storylines while maintaining the end goal of Io and Rhea? Don't have him on the show at all. He's gone. He's gone. Scarlet's gone until he's healed. 
Straight up. I think he's gone. I think you could have the hourglass show up in some choice spots. Every once in a while. Yeah. Every just once have in a while. Uh, you could have a backstage interview and mm-hmm. the person turns around and starts to walk away and the hourglass is sitting there with the sand pouring through it. Yeah. But I wouldn't have him back Little on stuff TV. like that. Yeah. Scarlet, Little hints. I don't, I don't want Scarlet in the women's division wrestling yet while she's his sorceress, right? While she's his sort of vessel. Uh, you know, that, that I want that to stay in place. I think Scarlet putting the, the 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 corset and the stuff back on and getting back into wrestling as she has in the past would be a bad move right now. Let's let Carrion have his reign. Let's let her be the sorceress. Uh, with the release of the PDBI 500, what would be your personal top five or ten wrestlers of the year so far? Actually, I think they nailed it. I do too. Uh, the only one I th- I questioned was Kofi. That was the only one I questioned. Yeah, because it was mostly um, it was mostly done by the time that season started. Yeah, yeah. The Kofi Mania didn't really. I mean, ran I guess past WrestleMania, but then he just lost in a squash and was back to the mid card and wasn't doing anything all year. So I'm very confused about Kofi being up there in the top. I was been out of shape about Cody being at number seven until you reminded me that most of the TNT championship work he's done, he's has been past the point of where they kind of yeah. stopped. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's really too bad that that it's, it's only men and women who have had intergender matches for the PWI 500 because you could have easily thrown Charlotte on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know what that's I mean? a really good point. I haven't thought about that. Becky or Charlotte could have easily. I mean, Becky, I actually might have been higher than Charlotte this last year. Yeah. From July to July. Probably higher than Drew as well at number four. Yeah. So mm. I think they nailed it except for the Kofi thing. And it's just they don't do women. So they, I, my other picks would not have been on there. Yeah. Good point. I agree so. with that. Thank you very much, Kyle. Uh, next up, Yardi says, Guten uh, Vareren. I hope everybody is good having here. a good weekend. If I remember correctly, you both have been traveling over the years. So my question is, what are some of the coolest or most beautiful places you've ever been? Thanks for being amazing and always making me laugh. Coolest or more be- most beautiful places? Or both. Or both. Coolest or most beautiful. Go for it. There is something about eating dim sum in Hong Kong that I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I'll ever be able to replicate. Especially, I want you to imagine just eight big boy white dudes from America, big big American boys with big appetites strolling into this little dim sum market kind of restaurant in Hong Kong. And we ordered, we basically just went, handed them the whole menu and went, yeah, we'll have that. Jesus. The three hours of the steam baskets coming to the coming to the table and just I, 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 the bill was insane like I don't even remember what it was it was absurd but there is there is something about the skyscrapers and the architecture in Hong Kong and then you go to the other side and it's Kowloon it's the open markets um, and the bazaar and then we go to Macau and it's like what's Vegas doing here because all the buildings look exactly the same and it's Venetian and MGM and all the same names and everything. So Hong Kong is, is definitely one of those places. Plus you walk around Hong Kong in the parks and there's statues and there's a lot of callbacks to various cartoons and video games and animes and things like that. It's really, really beautiful in Hong Kong. Um, for cool place, 
Where have I had the most fun? It's it's hard to beat being a teenager going to college. Disneyland. New York City. Mm. Uh, I was 17 from North Carolina in the woods, and I got put on a plane, and I landed at LaGuardia. And I walked, oh, out of, I walked out of LaGuardia having never traveled really anywhere in my life. Um, and I walk out, and I went, oh, my God, this shit's real? This sounds like the beginning of a TV show or a porn, one of the two. <laughs> like I just, you walk out, and you're just blown away by the skyscrapers of New York City and, and all that yep. stuff. Uh, hat tip to Puerto Rico, too. I got to go to Puerto Rico as a teenager for a quick trip. That was fun. Hmm. Beautiful, beautiful country. Yep. How about you, Surrey and Dangerous? Uh, top three, not in any particular order. Uh, walking in the mountains around Kyoto, uh, Japan, Edinburgh as a city in Scotland, mm. and then the, most of the South Island, like kind of around uh, Queenstown in South New Zealand. The South Island is just, it's ridiculous. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my entire life. So um, as far as like cool and beautiful, all of those. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much, Yardy. Next up, Brian Average. Hey, guys. Would have asked a question last week, but with it being a fully loaded weekend, I held off. Anyway, a couple questions for you two. This is more for Ian, but I'd love to hear from Nick on this as well. What was the horror film that really opened up Pandora's Ooh. box <laughs> for you to delve deeper into the genre itself? I know there's always a movie that opened up the door, which I'd love to know which one that is, but what is the one movie that made you just want to not just open the door but explore the entire box? Mm. What, was, what was your sort of gatekeeper horror movie, if you call it that, or entry point. I'm trying to, that's really tough. I'm trying to think back which moments I'm thinking, I'm literally thinking back to the VHS store, to the old, like, it wasn't even Blockbuster. It was like the neighborhood, it literally said video store over the door. And I'm trying to remember, because I used to go into the horror aisle and like look at all the covers of the horror movies and be freaked out as a kid, you know, oh, it's, Evil Dead with the chick being pulled into the ground and in the company of wolves with the wolf mouth coming out of the, the guy's mouth and it was terrified me as a kid. Like, this is just messed up. But this is, I'm going to have an interesting answer to this. Okay. The movie that opened up Pandora's box for me wasn't technically a horror film. Same. The movie that made me ultimately ready for horror films as a young kid, I mean, when it, when it actually comes to like Actual horror films, I could easily say, like, I mean, Hellraiser was a big one, um, you know, or any of the, any of the, I mean, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the classic ones, Return of the Living Dead, the classic ones. Halloween, big time. I think Halloween 1 was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. But the, the one that really, like, kind of put my mind in, like locked into that horror mentality was Watership Down, which is a late 1970s British cartoon about rabbits. And if you've never seen it, they did, did a digital remake on Netflix that looks like crap, but the story is actually pretty close. It's pretty good. But the original animated one, if you ever go watch it, it is, as near as I can call it, a horror movie for kids. And if you've seen like some of the Don Bluth cartoons from the 80s, like Secret of Nim or American Tale or All Dogs Go to Heaven, right, where he, he got real intense with the kids in those cartoons. Like he didn't, he didn't pull any punches. Right. Dragon from Secret of Nim messed up a lot of kids' childhoods. They were about my age. Um, but if you think that shit goes hard, go watch Watership Down 
you're going to see some shit that no kid should see. Okay. There is, it is bloody. It is grisly. It is unrelenting. There's death. There's brutality. There's horror. Uh, so that I would say would be my answer. That was the movie that opened Pandora's box for me. Wow. It's a messed up movie. It's a I have beautiful not seen movie. that, but it's Secret beautiful of- yeah. and it's sad and it's and everything, but it's also, it is gnarly. Definitely one so. of those that Secret of Nim had an effect on for sure. Yep. That's, that's definitely one that's on my list. Uh, the one that really got me into movies, frankly, much less horror movies, but it, it wasn't really a horror movie. Never ending um, story. No. No, comes to no, I mean I mean him trying to pull the horse out of the swamp. That's, is, that's messed up a whole generation. That, it that messed screwed up, a whole... up an entire yeah, entire generation of, of yep. children. Yep. Uh Atreyu! Falcor just, just yelling. Stop oh it. my god. All right, come on. What what movie? Aliens. Killing me with this. Aliens. Really? And if if you, you have to you have to think of this in the I mean, now we watch it as adults and it's just like it's popcorn, like, yeah, get them. You know. But when you're watching it through the eyes of a 10-year-old mm-hmm. and you're seeing the fact that here's these legit-looking Marines. Forget the fact they're in space. We'll, we'll put that aside for a second. That's kind of crazy, but it, they're still like Marines and they got guns and, right, and you're still doing all the military <laughs> stuff. and right. Yeah, the drum roll for the soundtrack. Yeah, drummer, yeah, that was right? great. <sighs> all right. All right. Come on. We're running um, late. Seeing... The, the aliens and the screams and the fact that no matter what they did, they couldn't get past them or they couldn't block them off. And it, they all just one by one kept getting picked off, picked off, picked off. And ultimately it comes back down to the Newt, the girl that survived, was the only one, one of the only ones that survived the whole thing. And she's the only one that they found. And so, yes, aliens certainly set me on a path of not only... I saw aliens before I saw Star Wars. I'll put that in perspective. Before I saw any of the Star Wars movies. And it was 86. So I was 9, 10. And that that set me off down a path of Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Um, I didn't really watch a lot of horror movies and probably until I got into college years and beyond. But I, I got to a certain point where I started to appreciate movies and went backwards. It was mm. It wasn't a... I didn't have a lot of. I watched a lot of cartoons. I played a lot of video games. I didn't watch a lot of movies. I had, a lot of, I had horror movies I watched as a kid that like I would see scenes of, and then I would I wouldn't remember the rest of the movie, and then I would watch the movie later in life and be like, oh my god, I watched that as a kid. Like From Beyond, which by the way, everyone should go check out From Beyond. So Stuart Gordon, the guy who did Reanimator, re, coming back with the same cast, um, and doing another H.P. Lovecraft uh, story, but just completely goony. But it's also just wildly messed up. Yeah. And at one point, you have a guy whose uh, pineal gland has stuck through his forehead like a little tentacle, and it's like flipping around while he's eating people's eyeballs. I saw that as a kid, and I could not, for the life of me, remember what movie it was until I got much older, and I saw From Beyond again. And there's, you know, there's Jeffrey Combs with a little fuck, you know, tentacle dick popping out of his forehead, flipping around. I'm like, no, oh, I saw this as a kid. Yeah. That messed me up as a kid. There, I found it. Yay. But From Beyond is awesome if you're looking for a horror movie recommendation. Bada boom, bada bang. There's a lot of there's a couple of movies like Dark Crystal and The Shining. Both films that I saw as kids, I didn't understand. Ooh, yeah, uh, Shining was a good one as a kid. Uh, I was shown it by my stepbrother, older stepbrother, when I was like ten years old. 
And I, I had no idea what was going on. It was just this crazy man busting through a door. And it was kind of jump scary to me at yeah. the time because I, I didn't understand the psychological aspects of it. Going back and looking at it, it's had more of an effect on me uh, as an adult than anything. Her running through the hotel and like just random scenes of what the hell going on behind some of the ho- hotel doors. Like the dude in the, like the people in the masks, like kind of looking at her like, yeah. We don't know what they're doing. They're staring at her. That scene as a kid just destroyed me. The first one that really Let's horrified me, like scared me, was probably Poltergeist. Now that I'm thinking. Yeah. Poltergeist, yeah. I think, because that was... It, Another one. PG. It's one of the reasons they created the PG-13 uh, demarcation for movies, rating for movies, is because that movie was way too mature for kids who could watch a PG movie. Yeah. That w- that's the one I'm, I'm thinking of the most that probably... Temple probably, of Doom. Temple of Doom was a PG movie. Gremlins, <sighs> those are those are the three that made the PG thirteen rating. You know, Gremlins was a terrifying movie for a kid. Yep. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He's pulling out hearts, man. Om Nam Shiva. Om Nam Shiva. Om Nam Shiva. <laughs> Kalima. Kalima. Shopti Great stuff. Oh, good yeah. stuff. There you go. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, next up, Patrick asked just a random thought, uh, but do you guys? Do you guys think maybe Finn will not return to the main roster because Vince wanting to scrape all the CFO, scrap all the CFO songs? Uh, I'd imagine Balor would want to keep it. It's so. I'd good. imagine he doesn't want to go to the main roster because he doesn't want to be buried like all the little guys on right. main roster. I think that's yeah. why he went Finn. to NXT was to be a big fish in a small pond and not a literally small fish in Vince's big pond. Right. Yeah. I I think that's more than anything else. I think the the song would be secondary. Yeah. If he if Vince said. Come to main roster. I'll make you universal champion. We'll push you to the moon. I don't think Finn would give a crap about the song. You can get another song. It's the push that's the issue. Yeah. It's what are you going to do with your career? And Finn wants to have a certain mystique around his career, and he can't have that on the main roster. Yeah. Agree with uh, that. And ends up like Ricochet. Yeah. And so, there's, there's, there's plenty of people that are still using their CFO songs on the main roster. Yeah, but they are just—they're just trying to move away from it as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. And then Patrick yeah. says, "Oh shit, sorry guys, I just read the thing. Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Okay, I thought of one for both your guys' stories. It seems like you both have done quite a bit of traveling. Is there any place that you have traveled to that is slept on and underrated?" Yes. Mm-hmm. Copenhagen, Denmark. Huh. Tiny little town, mostly built around a kind of university and some hist- some some lore and history and things like that. But it's one of the most fun cities I've ever been in. And that might have had a lot to do with the people that I was with. But it's it's small enough that it's easy to walk around. It's kind of like San Francisco in a way. San Francisco, you you think, is this massive city. It's really not. It's kind of a small... It's, it's packed in really tightly. Um, yep. But it, it's spread out over the years. But it's mostly... Like, you can walk around comfortably or, you know, jump on the bar, whatever you want to do. Um, Copenhagen is a lot the same way. Plus, it's proximity to Sweden, to Stockholm... You can jump on one of the trains, jump over there. You can jump over to Amsterdam in an hour flight. So, I mean, there it's one of those places where if you spend any kind of significant time there, you can. it's kind of a gateway to Europe. You can kind of see all of Europe from that one place. But Copenhagen totally. itself, I would definitely recommend. So, I love it. What about you, Surrey and Dangerous? Uh, Bath, England, never doesn't get enough love. Like, it's an ex-Roman town. Then they actually have Roman baths in the middle of the town. Oh, and wow. it's just, it's this cool little town in the middle of nowhere in England. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Uh, and actually you can drive by Stonehenge on the way from London to there. Um, I already mentioned New Zealand and I think a lot of people have found out about New Zealand, but New Zealand, I don't think gets anywhere near as much love as it needs to, to even though everyone says it's great. 
I'll put over New Zealand here. Um, yeah, I mean, love Australia as well, obviously, as I said earlier. But um, um, just little cool places. You know what's funny? I'll, I'll, take, I'll pick a place here in California I just was uh, thinking about recently. There's a dormant volcano called Mount Lassen. Oh, yeah. It's about halfway, halfway up the backside of the state. Um, and it's a park, and they've you can go there, and they've got all kinds of geological activity there, mud pits and fumaroles and steam vents and all that cool stuff. It's not as packed as Yellowstone. Um, you know, it, it's a place where you it's it's not really well known. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you, you got beautiful mountains, beautiful scenery, lots of cool hiking, um, and it's just it's just stupid gorgeous up there. But no one ever goes there, so you can do all this cool stuff and not be overwhelmed by all the tourists. Yeah. That's a so, good one. There you go. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, and finally here, Esme, with the rounding it up. And you need to change your name because you are no longer the booby champ. Oh, you did change it. Former booby champ. Former booby champ. Still yeah. got the boobies. You Still, actually beat both of us at SummerSlam. So I don't even yeah, want to hear came, a reference to She boobie. came back strong. Woo. You got, you got booked strong. strong for sure. Uh, she said, good, mar- good morrow, pod men. Hope you both are well. It's hard out here. Hope you're keeping sane and strong. So after watching Pumpkinhead... I've been on a Stan yeah. Winston kick. Just finished Monster Squad. Might might be one of the best horror movies ever. I love Monster Squad. Yeah. It was fantastic. I prefer, uh, I prefer Monster Squad to Goonies. I agree. Screw Goonies. I hate Goonies. Goonies it's was a childhood favorite, but it's it, there's no comparison. It's horrible. Yeah, it's okay. horrible. Right. I, I you, you, Goonies and all the other those other kid movies. Everyone's everyone's watching that and Stand by Me. I was watching Monster Squad and Labyrinth. Oh yeah. So. There you go. Yep. You know where my bread was buttered. Yep. Uh, it was fantastic and nice snappy writing from Shane Black as well. Amen. One of the best uh, film screen film writers ever, in my opinion. Uh, the effects hold up, which is insane. What's your favorite Stan Winston monster or creation? Oh. Um, well, another reason Monster Squad was great is because it was directly a descendant from the Hammer Horror films via the Universal Horror films. So you had a little bit of Universal through the lens of the Hammer Horror films, which had been dominant for the about... 10, 15 years. So it was a great amalgamation of two of the awesome ways of looking at all those monsters. So that's one of the reasons why it was so great. Um, but then which Stan Winston monster is my favorite? That's, that's brutal. Um, I mean, the, do, the, do the, we, the alien queen. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I've got it freaking tattooed on my arm. <laughs> that's got to be yours, you know, then. It, it's, I can't do not I say credit that. him with the thing? I got to credit Rob Bottin with the thing because even though it was Stan Winston's studio, Rob Bottin was the mind behind that. So I'm not going to say that. You also got to give it, if you're going to talk any aliens, you got to give a, a, a little bit of a Geiger hat tip uh, for the suits that he did for the for the drones. Well, Geiger, Geiger did the initial alien, which was much more phallic, but Winston yeah. is in charge of the queen. So the yeah, queen absolutely. was Winston. The queen with the big headdress and the, and the way he, just... he expanded on the Geiger vision and actually right. made her like a giant ant. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, I mean, you got the Terminator for Winston. You've got the Predator, uh, which is a really cool vision. But honestly, what's really funny is I've got to go Pumpkinhead. I have to go. I mean, I you know, I got to. Uh, I mean, I've even got the damn toy right here. You know, wow. Pumpkin, I think Pumpkinhead is just the the coolest damn thing, and the fact that he was able to make this a full on critter on screen, much like the Alien Queen. I mean, you, you, Jurassic Park. They're was, dinosaurs. That's the one I was going to give a nod to was Jurassic Park because that was an inflection incredible. point in filmmaking history where we introduced CGI for the first time. But a lot of it was it was puppeteered, in, interspersed with practical. Yeah, yeah, the T Rex went back and forth between practical, the 
big Triceratops or the Stegosaurus, whatever it was, was practical. Triceratops, yeah. It was a Triceratops. I can't yeah. remember. Um, but the, the point is that they were pre-existing creatures. He just had to make them come to life. They weren't, you know, out of his brain. Um, Pumpkinhead was out of his brain. It was, and as I think I've mentioned before on the show, it was done as a promotion for a way to promote his own special effects studio. So I actually got to go, I got to go with Pumpkinhead. Yeah. You could as go as Danny saying. DeVito's uh, Penguin. You could go yep. uh, Galaxy Quest, all the stuff he did on Galaxy Quest. It just legendary, legendary uh, artist. Yep. Fantastic stuff. And that does it. That wraps us up. Holy smokes. Well, did, she say, did she say something else there? I've oh, seen more she did. She tonight. did. Hang on one second. Uh, da, 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 da. The effects hold over Okay, so be safe, stay sexy, be kind. P.S. I'm trying Ooh. to watch Near Dark. I oh. can't find it anywhere. If someone out movie. there knows where I can watch it, get into the DMs. That, everybody who talks about Lost Boys to me, screw Lost Boys. Fright Night and Near Dark if you want 80s vampires. Um, Near Dark, where can you find I don't. I'll send you a copy, Esme. Jesus Christ. I want everyone to watch that movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, what a I, cast. I mean, you're, you'd love it. It's, it's, uh, it's James Cameron's wife at the time. Kathleen. Uh, Kathleen. Kennedy. Kennedy. Kennedy? No, not Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy's the producer, right? The woman, the woman, the woman who did a Hurt Locker. Yeah, and uh, and um, uh, uh, Point Break. Bigelow, sorry. Catherine Bigelow, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine there you go, I Catherine Bigelow. Around, sorry, um, one of her, I think, either her first movie or one of her first movies. The most of the cast from Aliens. You got Lance Henriksen. You've got um, Jeanette uh, Hunsberger. Was that her name? Uh, you got Bill Paxton, one of my favorite Bill Paxton roles ever. Yeah, Near Dark is absolutely amazing. I'd I'd love to. I'll 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 figure out a way to get it to you, Esme. Nice. Either I'll find out where it's streaming, or I'll get you a copy because I freaking love Near Dark. Yeah. There you go. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much, guys, and to all of the patrons that sent in questions this week. I hope that Seriously. was fun for you. See, Ian, it wasn't that bad. I, it was a lot of us talking about us. I like talking about. <laughs> We do plenty of talking about wrestling, too, over at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Open, where we have BWO daily every single day throughout the week to keep you updated on the graps. All of our links can be found down in the description below as well here or in our little panels on Twitch, or you can find them over at BWOPodcast.com. But Twitter and Instagram at BWOPodcast, YouTube.com slash BustedWideOpen. Make sure you get into our Discord community for live chats happening all throughout the week and for payback tomorrow night. You Make sure you don't miss out on payback tomorrow. Uh, let's see, what else am I there? Patrons, the namesake of this show right here, the patron mailbag. To get your questions in, you need to head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for just that $5 tier, and you can get a question in every single week throughout every month. Uh, you can also get a whole back catalog of bonus episodes, get into some Skype calls with myself and Sir Ian Dangerous, all kinds of good stuff, and it's the best way to support the show. And now we have annual memberships available for you guys at a discounted rate so be sure to check all of that out uh and yeah. more over at patreon.com slash bwo but my name is nick howell you can find me on twitter at data center dude and i am sir ian dangerous you can find me on twitter at sir ian dangerous but my god would somebody stop the damn man this show is part of the orbital jigsaw network for more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.